You're listening to an interview recorded at the ICE 2019 conference in Schaumburg, Illinois. Enjoy the program. You're listening to a live continued coverage here at ICE 2019. And uh, we've got uh, the both seats are filled at this point. So uh, looking forward to this. But we're going to let them introduce themselves and in some case introduce themselves again. Uh, but uh, introduce themselves and tell us uh, who you are, where you're from, all that kind of good stuff, and we'll get rolling right into it. Hi, my name is Andrea Trudeau, and I'm a middle school no-shush librarian who comes out of Deerfield District 109, which is a <laughs> suburb just north of Chicago. And I am Kristen Matson. I'm also a high school librarian, and I'm coming from Wabansi Valley High School in Aurora, Illinois. Yeah, the no-hush librarian. That was uh -huh. awesome. Breaking the mold. There awesome. You go. So what brings you to ICE 2019 this year? Yeah, so I'm here at ICE because I won an ICE mini grant this year um, oh. for some Z-Space equipment in my school library. Yeah. And so I was able to come and kind of talk about uh, how we're utilizing that grant money and share what we've done with other attendees. And in just a little bit, I'm going to be meeting up with some folks who participated in an ICE book study. Oh, cool. Um, so I'm going to meet them face to face because we only met online prior to. Yeah. So, and yeah. that one of the really cool things about coming to the conference is you get to meet face to face <laughs> with some of the folks that yeah. you've only known online. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Awesome. So this is one of my favorite conferences every year because I'm kind of a tech geek. Um, I actually presented this morning with the very talented Maria Galanis, who's also from Deerfield District 109, and we did a workshop on uh, creating augmented and virtual realities in the classroom. So just kind of shared some tools, tips, and tricks, and had a chance to kind of play around. So, yeah. And now just kind of learning, exploring, and having some fun with Kristen this afternoon. Yeah. That's awesome. She stuck with me. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> Kristen's dragging her into things she doesn't necessarily want to get into. <laughs> Didn't you and I just meet on social media, too? Like, yeah, we where did. did I I mean, don't, like, our relationship totally began in a digital space, and yeah. um, it's just kind of blossomed and we've done presentations together and um, can, I don't know and I think as librarians like connecting digitally is really important because a lot of times we're the only one in our school yeah. or even in our district yeah. and so you kind of feel like you're on an island and feel sort of isolated so Twitter's been huge for my career well, you know and yeah. what's really interesting about that is that um, let's talk about digital citizenship sure. and what's cool about that is that for the longest time people have a, a misunderstanding of what that actually means because just meeting online and creating a professional relationship, that's part of being a good citizen. Yes. You know, so uh, let's let's jump into that. Yes. Yeah, so um, my goal, I guess, is to really start to change the conversation about digital citizenship. Mm -hmm. I think when you talk to a lot of people, they hear that term and they think cyberbullying right. um, and being nice online, and then they also think about safe passwords. Those are like yeah. the two big topics everybody talks about. Yep. Um, and I really want to push people to think about how um, a digital space can be a community space and how we have some of the same rights and responsibilities and obligations in our digital communities that we have in our physical ones. And, um, you know, our teaching really has to start to change to get our kids thinking in that way. Um, I went to a fabulous session this morning with Julie Smith out of St. Louis, Webster University, and she has a great book on uh, media literacy. But she spent a lot of time just talking about whether or not our students have a really firm grasp on big data and mm -hmm. the ways that companies are um, 
sort of not only personalizing things for them, which can be really great, but are also using the data that they collect to sell them things and to persuade them to do or think certain ways. Um, and we are all in that space, um, but we need to do a better job of helping people understand the space. Yeah. So I think that's it. It's all part of being a good digital citizen. I agree. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, no. okay. Go ahead. No. Oh, jinx. <laughs> there we go, jinx. Lots of questions. Uh, so, as, as I'm thinking, we're, we're sitting here and you're talking about AR, VR, and mm -hmm. you're talking about digital citizenship, so there's definitely uh, the blend of the two of those coming together, especially as AR and VR become more prevalent, mm -hmm. not just in education, but in the world in general. Yeah. So, what are your thoughts, the two of you kind of putting your heads together and saying, okay, how does this all work? Well, it's funny you bring that up. So Chris and I uh, worked on a workshop this summer down at the University of Illinois Summer Getaway, and we um, each kind of took half of the day to kind of focus on our lens. So she started with digital citizenship, and then I looked at the AR, VR, and we found that there was such a strong intersection. And it kind of takes me back to my first experience with VR. You know, we had won a Google Cardboard at this conference. We're like, what do we do with this thing? And we happened to find this app called RYOT, which was um, through Huffington Post where you could watch live footage, it was about two minutes long, and you're standing on the beaches of Greece watching these boats come in full of mm. Syrian refugees. Wow. And I'm like getting the chills. And you can look up at the sky, you can look down at the sand, you hear them crying tears of joys. And it, it really um, was such an incredible experience for our students because I showed this in a seventh grade social studies class. And I work in a you know pretty affluent district when kids travel, they're traveling and staying beautiful hotels. They don't really have a sense of the world. Sure. And so I feel it's my responsibility to kind of show them the world. Mm -hmm. And so giving them that experience was so incredibly powerful that the following year when we had a family come to us and say, hey, our temple is sponsoring a group of Syrian refugees. They had spent a year or two in a Turkish refugee camp. They knew no English. They came to the United States. They're trying to assimilate. What can we do to help? And we had nearly 50 eighth grade students come in after school on their own time. Eighth graders, like these are the most disengaged <laughs> yeah. students. They came in and they made all these videos that we posted on a private like welcome wagon site on Facebook, you know, where they, they taught how to approach a domestic dog, how to use a vending machine, how to use a microwave. And to me, it was so incredible because it showed me that um, having this experience really can allow kids to have an understanding and have empathy. And then most importantly, pay it forward and contribute to the world around them. And I think we've talked about how it's really about social emotional learning and being a good person. And mm -hmm. I just think having that chance to really walk around in someone's shoes can have such an impact on students' lives. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and I think ARVR is just gonna be another tool that we can use to continue to open up the world to kids. Um, but I also want to get them thinking about some of the ethical pieces that go along with it, right? So we have talked for years about copyright and fair use as it mm -hmm. relates to things like books and music and so you know I'm curious as we start to get into these different forms of media what what are some of those legalities going to look like um, and I think it just goes back to continually being a lifelong learner and um, growing ourselves so that we can help our students grow too mm -hmm. well and there's so much going on you know there's so much going on in terms of you know you're talking about copyright and, and uh, in, uh, intellectual property and, you know, uh, over across the pond, as they say, you know, they got their whole, whatever they call it, Article 13, Chapter 13, whatever it is, you know, that the whole issue around copyright and, and 
who owns what part of what copyright. Mm -hmm. You know, and you know, if I if I create something and and it gets turned into a meme, now I can if I you know if I'm if I'm over there, I can sue the person, assuming I could figure out who it was. Right. That you know, I could sue the person who took my content and turned it into a meme. I mean, it's just it's it's so crazy and it's complex and convoluted and you know it's hard enough for we adults to right. understand let alone then saying okay students you know where do you see this and where yep. does this fit in and, and helping them to understand as much of it as we're able to understand mm -hmm. as we're all learning this together but then i think also just opening up those opportunities for them to explore multiple sides of an issue we mm -hmm. do that in social studies and english classes all the time mm -hmm. um, but how much of that debate do we do around topics related to digital privacy or mm -hmm. copyright or i just asked andrea on the way down the stairs I, <laughs> I said andrea can something that is biased be credible mm. and it kind of stopped her for a minute and I had only asked because I had gone through this thought process myself a few days ago and I wanted an outside opinion. Um, and we kind of came to a conclusion together, but I don't think that we often give students the time to just kind of stop and consider mm -hmm. and ponder um, that, yeah, if Microsoft wants to stitch together thousands of pictures of an old you know, Greek ruin and create some augmented reality space for that, is there some architect somewhere who should be getting paid for the you know the photographs mm -hmm. that were then recreated in a digital space it is all very gray right, right now mm -hmm. but sure um, engaging our kids in those conversations and helping them sort of muddle through the ethical issues I think is super yeah. important yeah. you know along those lines you're talking about standing on the shores and watching the Syrian refugees come in you know our country is going through some interesting stuff we yeah. really are and I think this is the opportunity um, for our students to start to, we're from some small towns in southwest Arkansas, mm. so our kids don't understand um, a true protest. They don't understand being in certain situations in Chicago, mm -hmm. you know, in a large city or even up north. It's mm -hmm. different than it is down south. Um, and so they rely on um, the local attitude and uh, climate that heavily influences the way they look at any information that they bring in. And um, I'm looking forward to when we get to that point with AR and VR where instantaneously they're there at that protest or that march or that happening or whatever happened. And they we get to the point in technology where they can experience it in a way because they're, they're experiencing a dimension that we never knew growing up. Yeah. So they're only gonna grow that yeah. way and it's gonna change the way we look at citizenship mm -hmm. in this country. Um, I'm looking forward to that opportunity, and I think we're really close to that. I think we're getting to that point. Absolutely, too. It's exciting. We've, we do a fabulous debate with our kids in uh, high school government class where we ask them to talk about whether or not online activism is a true form of activism. And ah. they talk about this whole idea of the hashtag and whether or not just sitting back and tweeting about an issue actually moves the needle. Um, and the kids have fabulous fascinating things to say about that question um, but we have to give them the opportunities to see the power that they have mm -hmm. yeah. um, whether it is through ARVR or through a social media platform that they're already on um, we have to just show them what's possible so what's uh, baby steps into getting in that into say just I'm a I'm a seventh grade history teacher in Oklahoma 
What are my baby steps? Where do I start? So I talk a lot about hacking the standards, looking for opportunities um, where you already teach something. In this case, it was uh, teaching privacy versus security with high school government kids. Um, but the examples that we always used were whether or not like the principal should be able to search a kid's locker. It's a private space, but if you're, you have weapons inside, it becomes an issue of public security. 18-year-olds really don't care about principals and lockers, right? But they do have a lot to say about whether or not a, um, a business should be able to investigate their social media before they hire them on. Um, they have a lot to say about whether or not a company should be able to sell their data to make a profit. Sure. Um, and so I say look for those opportunities where you're already talking about sort of a, a social issue and take it just a little step further and say, how does this social issue change or look a little bit different if we put the words in a digital community after that social issue? Mm -hmm. What does protest look like in a digital community? Yeah. It looks a lot different than walking down the street holding up our signs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so look for those opportunities to hack it in. Uh, then it doesn't have to be a one more thing. Sure. Yeah. I also want to plug your site. So, um, you know, knowing Kristen and her work, um, she's got an incredible blog as well as an incredible Pinterest page where she's curated images. And so, you know, I come from a school district where we, when we do digital citizenship, we've always turned to common sense media, which is great. And it's got some really great ideas. But the problem is, is after doing it for so many years, kids kind of know, oh, okay, it's another common sense media lesson and they kind of turn off. And so I wanted to make it engaging. So I was able to use some of the um, images that Kristen had curated and bring them into a sixth grade. We have a sixth grade SEL class, we call it social emotional learning class. And it deals with uh, digital citizenship as one strand. And so I took uh, some of the images she had uh, curated, printed them up in poster size and placed them all around the learning commons and the kids did a gallery walk. And then we kind of came together and discussed and the images she have, uh, has are so thought provoking that mm -hmm. I was really amazed with what 11 and 12 year olds were coming up with. Yeah. So, and it wasn't hard to do. No. It really like puts it on the kids. It's just yep. a matter of printing them and out. it's funny that how much they have to say when we just shut up and listen. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. I'm always yes. amazed. I am always amazed when I just shut my mouth and listen to the kids. Yeah. Yep. They have so great amazing. things to say. And it, uh, it really, one of the things that really amazes me is that, you know, through all of this, all, all the, all the tech and all of the, the teaching and learning and talking about citizenship and AR, VR, and through all of this, it's amazing when we sit down and we talk with students, and it's almost at any age these days, um, as being an old guy that I am, it, to me it's almost like a 60s like rebirth kind of thing. They want to do something that's going to change the yeah, world, that's going to affect yeah. the yeah. world. Yeah, mm -hmm. They really do. Yeah, we have to tell this great story, then I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, yeah. Blevins Speaking High of. School is a small high school right down the road from us. 300 kids. Oh, uh, yeah, something like uh, that. David's little. Cooperative, the Education Cooperative, hosted a GT vlog competition in the fall. And uh, the students had topics they could do. And uh, the young ladies that won it were all 7th and 8th graders, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So we went to interview them. That was part of, you know, they Fun. get to talk about it. And all four of those girls, all they could talk about was how they're going to change the world. Cool. Yeah. And, it's, and that wouldn't be the same in 1974 even 1984, yeah. maybe even 1994. Yeah. I agree. Wouldn't you yeah. agree? I yeah. mean, the, the information that, that, are, that are, I have two daughters, yep. that our girls can get now, makes them realize, okay, I can do anything. Yeah. And they're, they're thinking about it even younger. Like yeah. you said, 11 and 12 year olds are going, no, oh, this is great. And it just 
gets the sentences firing and they're they're ready to rock yeah. and roll. And they have a platform for their voice. Yes. Right. Yes. That's the big and piece. Yeah. And that's and, and that's yeah. the yeah, that's the big yep. piece. That's and when we even talk said. about the like the social justice movements and things like hashtag Black Lives Matter, hashtag Me Too, it's that constant well a, a marginalized group has a platform for their voice. Yeah. They right. don't have to rely on the minority group, whether that's the adults in the school or the parents or whatever. Right. They don't have to rely on those people to share the story. They have a way to share the story yeah. themselves. Exactly. Yeah, we tell beautiful. them all the time, five minutes or, or five listeners or 5,000 listeners, just tell your story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's all you have to do. Put it out there. Yep. We're not, we, yeah, that's right. right. Roll it yeah. one time, one exactly. step at a time. Um, so it. if our folks want to get in touch with you, pick your brain, steal your ideas. Yeah, um, <laughs> they're allowed. What's the best way to do that? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Dr. K Matson, and um, my website is drkmatson.com where I blog. And I'm also on Twitter um, at Andrea underscore Trudeau, T R U D E A U, just like awesome. the Prime Minister of Canada. Okay. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> hey, thank you guys for stopping by. Thank you. You've been listening to an interview from ICE 2019 in Schaumburg, Illinois. Thank you for listening.